This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Recently, both Dave and I fly fished Rocky Mountain High Country in Colorado, but we didn't do it together. Dave flew to Denver a day after I returned to Chicagoland. You see, Colorado just isn't big enough for the two of us. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not big enough for the two great fly fishers that we are. We just couldn't bear to have both of us there. Right, pulling all those trout out. My goodness. (laughs) Seriously, I went to fly fish with my son Luke and my brother Dave. And then my podcast partner, Dave, there's just too many Daves here, but uh, Dave of two guys fished with a friend in Colorado. Well, today we want to talk about those trips to try to whet your appetite for fly fishing and perhaps to share a few lessons we learned that might help you out in your next fly fishing adventure. Dave, tell me uh, what you did. Where did you go? A friend of mine and I went to uh, the Collegiate Peak Wilderness, which is uh, between Buena Vista and Leadville, Colorado. So it's in central Colorado. And uh, we hiked in. It was just a day hike. And we fly fished a high mountain lake there. So the hike was actually pretty grueling. It was about, it took us about three and a half hours to get in and about two and a half hours to get back. But it was some pretty serious vertical. Nice. I, I noticed that you're not telling me the name of the lake. You don't want me to go there, do you? <laughs> so, so how did you decide to fly fish this mystery lake? I'd fly fished it in my 20s and 30s, and I had taken a bunch of friends there through the years, and, um, and I had not fly fished it for like 15 years. Wow. And wow. It's, it was in the back of my mind. Here's a great story. So we hike in, so we start hiking at about 730 and we get to where I think the lake is. The lake sits above the timber line, right beneath the Three Apostles, uh, right along the Continental Divide. And there's another lake there called Lake Anne. And this one um, is kind of a, across the chasm. And so we took off from the trail, and there's actually, there's actually no map to get there. Um, at the trailhead, it doesn't say where this lake wow. is. So you have to kind of know where it's at. So it'd been 15 years since I've been there. So long story is that <laughs> we kind of got lost and wandering and, you know, above the timberline and I finally see water and I get to this, uh, over this little ridge and I look down and it, it's a dried up pond. Oh, and no. since it had been so long since I'd been yeah. there, I thought, maybe global warming has really affected this or something. And I was depressed and I thought, oh my goodness, we've come up all this way. So it was actually about another 400 yards over this little ridge and where the lake was. So long story was we found the lake, but it had been 15 years and the the fishing was unbelievable. Your friend friend would have hated you, huh? Well, I think he was questioning me Uh, the whole time. I work with him. uh, uh, This uh, friend has a, has a, um, uh, an ETF business, and and I think he was wondering whether all my chest pounding about how great this lake was, <laughs> yeah. whether it was actually true, actually whether Man. there was a lake. Yeah. No so anyway, kidding. it was great. So we found the lake, and it was really a terrific day. So tell me about your um, two days in the Rockies. Well, uh, I went out. Uh, uh, my son playing college football was last year, and he had a little break between 
summer workouts and the official uh, fall camp or fall practice. And so we, we thought about going to Montana, but uh, that didn't, you know, the, just the cost of flights and the time and realized that, uh, you know, Colorado would be more doable. We could meet there. And I've, I've fished over the years a lot in Rocky Mountain National Park. So, uh, uh, yeah, that was the plan. Uh, we went up to uh, the park and fished. Uh, supposed to be two and a half days, but uh, get this. So I'm 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 supposed to fly out Wednesday morning, and uh, leave at you know the airport at O'Hare at like 7:20, and I'm going to get there at nine. Uh, my son's going to get there at 8:30, and then had a rental car, and we'd we drive to Denver, pick up my brother, and do a few things, and up to the park. Well, I wake up. And on my phone, it said, my flight's canceled. Oh. Like, what? Mechanical problems. Chicago's the worst. Yeah, and they said, so you can, we can book you on the next available flight. Well, that was like at 1 o'clock. So I, I, I booked that, and I bought a seat because I, uh, otherwise I knew I'd be flying standby. So I get there at 3.30 and uh, um, just drove right to Estes Park and met my uh, son and my brother. And we, we fished a little bit that night. So you and fished then, that night? Right, and then the next two days, and it was it was really good. Yeah. So where'd you fish that first night? You know, the first night we were down in Moraine Park. It's uh, just a beautiful little spot in Rocky Mountain National Park, uh, just down in the meadow below the campground. And there's a oh, there's a trailhead there to Cub Lake, and we just walked up the river a little ways and. And well, I I basically did this because my son Luke wanted to fly fish, and you know, I. Would have been fine just to wait till the next day and i thought eh, i don't know if we're gonna do anything but he's hardcore yeah he really is but i'll tell you what the darker it got uh we were we started at dusk anyway but as it got dark wow the browns started rising and we had a blast catching uh, uh browns and and then we, we went back the next two nights every night from 8 30 to 9. Uh, and by nine, I mean, it was just pitch dark. Uh, you, you couldn't even see your fly. And I was using a, we were using parachute atoms or, or a really light caddis, but small flies, like a size 18. And, you know, you can see that white post in, in you know, pretty uh, dim light, but it was so dark. You know, you'd cast, and then uh, uh, anytime we saw a rise, you know, <laughs> in the area where we thought our fly might be, we'd set the hook. And I bet. I bet two-thirds, three-quarters of the time we had a fish on, so that was kind of fun. So did, um, were the, when you stopped fishing, like, say, at 9 o'clock, was it so black? Is that why you stopped fishing? Yeah, yeah, it, it really was. And I, I think one of the nights, there were still fish rising, though. One, though another night, seems like they, they, they kind of stopped uh, feeding for a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. So when you were up fishing, okay, so we were catching browns that night. What were you catching up in that lake? Uh, they're native cutthroat, hmm. and they're gorgeous cutthroat. And I think it's a str Colorado strain of cutthroat. Okay. And when we got up to the lake, it was probably about 1030, and they were rising. Mm -hmm. And in fact, throughout the day, they would stop and start rising based on wind. Oh, wow. And it wasn't a ton of wind. It wasn't mm -hmm. like it was choppy. Yeah. But if it was completely still, all of a sudden you'd start seeing the rises. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we did not bring waders. It was it was too much to bring waders uh, up there. I should have brought wading sandals. I did actually wade into the lake. But what was mm -hmm. so great, the lake sits above the timber line. 
And so yeah. there's really no, nothing for your back cast, right? Nothing oh, to get man. caught in your back cast. That's just so, not right. It is so <laughs> awesome. So you could cast 50, 60 <laughs> feet and wow. just standing on the shore. Oh, sweet. And so we caught these beautiful cutthroats. They, they range between probably eight or nine inches. The biggest may have been 13 but there were wow. some bigger trout in there. There's no doubt. But they don't. I don't think the lake gets fished that much. Man. Sometimes in lakes like that, they should yeah. actually take some out. Yeah, yeah. Because I know it, it I keeps. Know it. I think the fish. There's too many fish. It keeps yep, the uh, it sure does. keeps the fish small. So. So what were you using then? Well, when I walked patterns? up to the lake, I was looking. There was actually it was quite buggy out, and which mm-hmm. was really interesting. There were bumblebees up there, and when you think, I mean, it was probably between eleven and twelve thousand feet, and. And so when I got up there, I would notice it looked like there was a midge hatch going on. There's these mm-hmm. tiny black flies. And so I put on a really tiny um, parachute atoms. Yeah. Just something small. Actually, right. I don't even know if it, it may have been a yeah, it was a it was a parachute atoms. They wouldn't they weren't hitting on anything huh. like that. But I had gone to the fly shop the, the day before, and they said, you know, up there, you probably put on a hopper pattern, and they'll probably huh. get it. Wow. And and so I put on a size 14. It was a parachute hopper and i i yeah. try to remember the name of it okay. and it sat really nice on the water the thing never got waterlogged huh, but nice. we started casting in fact i set up my friend's rod and he had never fly fished before he just gotten a new scott rod and a and a ross oh, wheel yeah and um i i took his rod and just cast and almost like the first cast i got a nice mm-hmm. a nice cutthroat it was one of actually the biggest cutthroat of the day oh fun so yeah. we only fished probably for two and a half hours uh-huh. but you know between the two of us we probably caught 20 25 you know trout. Wow. i think he caught more than i did i mean it was <laughs> just an amazing yeah. day i mean it was just wonderful oh that's great so as you what was your best memory of the day that you you fly for or the two day, two days that you fly fish you know i would say it was on uh it was the friday uh, we had gone up to mills lake on thursday we hiked up there i mean that's like three mile hike up and we we got to what's called the Bear Lake uh, parking area about eight o'clock, thinking we could still get a spot. Otherwise, you have to, to use the shuttle system, which is fine. Well, there were no spots there, so we drive down, you know, three four miles to the shuttle parking area, and we had to wait for a bus. That took about a half hour. So we hiked up to Mills Lake. It's three miles up there, and our plan was to fish the outlet and the inlet. We've done pretty well there before, and. Uh, uh, it was just a lot of it was a lot of hiking. So I, I think my my best memory that day we were up above Mills Lake, actually up above Jewel. There's another little lake uh, called Jewel Lake right above Mills, and Mills Lake is one of the most pretty, just a very picturesque. You're you're on the backside of Long's Peak, looking up what they call Glacier Gorge, but we got into some really good brook trout fishing that day, and I found a. I found a run. There was a little waterfalls that was probably uh, I don't know, may, almost waist high, and I stood below it, and there was a pool right up above it, and I saw a fish rise, and it wasn't a huge pool. It was maybe as long as uh, we're, we're sitting at this conference table. That's what maybe maybe uh, ten, twelve feet long. I bet yeah. that whole run was was twenty feet long, and I just stood back there, and I caught six really nice brook trout out huh. of that. And some of these things were, you know, they were 10 inches and they almost hook jaw brookies. It's like, wow, wow. that's I mean, awesome. They were, they were really healthy. I, I don't think they get fished much. Uh, I don't know that that many people fish up in that area. Those who do fish Mills Lake yeah. 
where they hike up further. And kind of the inlets and the outlets get ignored unless they're right by the trail. So that was a, that was a good memory. I, another one that the following day, we were trying to decide where to fish. We, we decided we were not going to go back up and spend you know, six hours on a trail and then, you know, have a couple of hours to fly fish. Uh, so we, we thought about uh, maybe going back to the Big Thompson, but I had heard about a, a place uh, where we could catch some of the greenback cutthroat. It's actually up above, uh, well, no, it's actually below Lawn Lake. Back in 1982, Lawn Lake, there was a dam there and it broke and it it just released this torrent of water and there were some people that were killed that were camped up there but right when it got down to the valley floor there's this alluvial fan where it just started to spread out and there's all these boulders and and i had heard that if you hiked up above the alluvial fan uh two switchbacks and you're you're up in this meadow you can get some greenbacks so i thought well i you know i've caught greenback before but I thought well maybe we'll do that well as we're driving there and, and on the other side of the mountain, we're looking down at the alluvial fan, realizing, you know what, it's going to be a two-hour hike up to that meadow. So the, the, the little valley right below where we were going to start our hike, there's also the Fall River, which comes down, and it's a pretty little stream, and we thought, well, let, let's try it. We hadn't fished it in years. I think my brother Dave said, you know, the last time I was here, I didn't do that well, but we thought, well, let's try it. We can always leave. So we get down there, and man, it was incredible. Again, it was brook trout, and uh, we caught brookie after brookie. I mean, there were three of us, but it was uh, it was kind of this serpentine sort of a stream. You know, if you if you looked at it from overhead, it would probably look like a a piece of ribbon candy. Yeah, and that just makes all of those nice little runs yeah, and undercut for those banks. Runs, yeah, and, perfect, perfect. Oh, and dry fly fishing. Yeah, perfect for dries. Oh yeah, we just had a blast. In fact, that's all we did. We just fished dries. That was so much fun. And the one thing that I thought is, the further we walked up that little valley, the thicker it got. And I thought, I'm so glad that this is not Montana. I would not be fishing this because that would have been prime grizzly country. You know, I had that exact same thought up on uh, on the top of uh, of the ridge where we really? were. Really? And, yeah. uh, and the, the way the bushes, you know, around the lake, I thought, I'm so glad there are only black bears up here. Yeah, oh, no kidding. That's great. So would you ever go back to that above the alluvial fan and do that? Yeah, may, how maybe far is so. That? So how, big, how much of a walk, about a two-hour walk? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that that's probably what it was. I, I might, <clears throat> you know, I might try to do that. There's some other places in the park where I've caught greenback that, that I might try. But, but I do like exploring new water, kind of like you do. Well, one uh, of the things um, that struck me about this trip was how much, uh, how much pressure there is in terms of uh, just the crowds. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's a trailhead where we actually drive up to. You have to have a high-clearance vehicle to get to the trailhead. And it was like a Walmart parking lot. There were wow. probably five vehicles mm -hmm. there. And 15 years yep. ago when I did that, there was not. Mm -hmm. There was no one yep. there. And there were people camped along the trail. Now, when we got up to the lake, there wasn't a ton of people fishing the lake. There was mm -hmm. Actually, another couple came up and hiked into the lake. But they yeah. were spinner fishing. Yep. And, you know, it was, it was really the lake was to ourselves. Mm -hmm. However, 
the pressure was just unbelievable. Yeah. Did you see that also at Rocky? Because you're in the dead oh, of summer. Yeah, I really did. In fact, every night when we drove down into what's called Moraine Park, there's a little turnoff, and you you drive right along the river. But the first the first place where the road comes close to the river and there's a little pull out. Dave, there were probably six people fishing there and they were they were right next to each other. They were probably thirty yards apart, you know, and they all and, and I don't want to make fun of anybody. I mean we've all been there, done that. We're we're newbie fly fishers and we have all the gear and, and they had all the gear, but I, I thought, man, maybe we missed something, you know, Is, are they, yeah. they hauling them out of there? But like, no, no, they're not. It just you know, people see the first thing and, and the holes look great. I mean, it's a great, beautiful little stretch of river, but you just know that gets hammered to death. So we, we drove up uh, a mile, mile and a half, and, you know, there were still some people fishing, but again, right off the road. But, but you walk just a little bit, and, yeah, we, we had it to ourselves. But you really did have to work. You know, that day down on the Fall River, we didn't see anybody. I was really surprised. Yeah. Well, they say now in Colorado, there's five and a half million people. And if you're in California or Chicago, <laughs> it doesn't seem like very many. Yeah. But it has put so much pressure, um, people hiking. and. But I'm telling yep. you, you walk further upstream or farther upstream, and next thing you know, you're yeah. by yourself. And you really do. And that's just a wonderful thing. I think my best memory was seeing this friend catch his first trout on, on the rod. And, oh, that's um, sweet. It was just, it was one of those wonderful privileges that uh, happened from time mm. to time. And it was just a joy. And yeah. I, it's like, it's like with your kids, you know, when you see your yeah. kids succeed Isn't at sports, that... it was just a, I, I, my, my big fear was taking him up there and his not catching any fish. Yeah. Well, he quickly outfished me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't saying a lot. No, but, it's uh, not really yeah. saying a ton. <laughs> yeah, so on your cool. trip, what would you do differently? Would you, um. Would you, or next time when you go, what do you think you'll do? Will you go the well, same time of year? Yeah, I would go the same time of year. You know, late, it was right at the end of July. In fact, I think I got back on uh, July 31st, and I think you you left the next day on yep. August 1st. That, that's a good time. You're going to get crowds, but for for Rocky Mountain National Park and for that such high altitude, that's a prime time, and, it, and it's really good dry fly fishing. So I wouldn't do that differently. I would pause again about hiking up up to some of those high mountain lakes. There's one or two if I had if I had five days, I, I definitely would. But you know, if you only have two full days to fish, I would just stay down in the valley in the meadows. There's some really good fishing, and it's you know it's a 20 minute drive there instead of a 20 minute drive to the trailhead, and then two yeah. or three hours on the trail. How about you? Anything you'd do differently? I don't know. I think. Uh, I forgot how how hard the hike was, yeah. and the vertical, the last mile going up, uh, it was it was intense. I just forgot that, and I think yeah. I would probably go in for more than one day. Yep. So just don't go in and come out. Basically, camp overnight. I think that's yeah. what I would do. Uh, it's such a great place to fish. It's yep. so gorgeous, and literally, you could spend two days and oh, just man. catch. I mean, I don't know if hundreds is the word, but you, you, yeah. it's really at that time of year. I have gone there. I remember one time back in the late 90s, I went there with a, another friend, and it was still froze over. Uh, it had okay. a, a huge snowpack that year, 
And so I was planning to go like July 1st this year. And then mm-hmm. I remembered that and I thought, yeah. no, let's kick the can to, to August 1st. Yep. It was perfect. Smart. Lots of bugs, beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was a slightly overcast day. So I'm not sure. I, I think if I did something differently, it would be to actually camp overnight and yeah. spend a couple of days there. All right. Hey, finally, one thing you learned. Anything stand out? Uh, one thing I learned, you know, I would say that it was just, it was more of a reminder about the feeding habits of trout and how different it is for each river you fish. It just was odd to me. I was thinking that when the wind would pick up just slightly, it would be a slightly better fishing. Right. Right. Yeah. And it was absolutely Mm -hmm. the opposite of that. Interesting. When the wind would just pick up a little bit on that glassy lake, they would stop feeding. Huh. And the moment it stopped and it was still again, they'd start feeding again. Wow. And it was almost like these 20-minute cycles. Every 15 huh. to 20 minutes, they would stop and start, stop and start. And you may as well just put your rod down because you're not oh, catching yeah. anything. Yeah. I did not fish uh, under the surface, so there was no need to fish in these yep. wonderful hoppers, you know, hopper patterns. So, oh, yeah. so you I, didn't snag any then either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a joke that goes back to a previous podcast. Yes. I did not. I did not. Well, that's going to do it for today. You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to visit our podcast on iTunes and rate it. We'd love a review from you. Also, you can download a podcast app on your phone and receive our weekly podcasts. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>